This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. So great to be with you for the very last part, part four of our series, Standing Against Fear. Now, give yourselves a great big hand clap, all of you in the theater, the main auditorium, the Sheila Palmer, the Dr. Bev, the Dr. Theo, and all of you at home, give yourselves a great big hand clap because you are faithful listening to God and serving the Lord. Amen. So proud of you. Okay. Job chapter 1, verse 1. Open your Bible, please. You've got to find this on your very own Bible. It'll mean so much more to you. It'll mean so much more to you. We're learning how to stand against all the fears that we are having to deal with in these end times, right? Job 1.1. From the NIV translation. In the land of us, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. And he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Wow. Rich, very rich. His sons used to take turns holding feasts in their homes. And they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would send and have them purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. So we can see here in verse 5 that Job had fear in his life because he's a little paranoid that perhaps his children had cursed God. So every morning he would offer a burnt offering as a sin offering for, their, for his children. Wow. Say this, fear opens the door to the devil. Say this, Job was living a life of fear. All right, so fear we've learned is faith in the devil, right? So let's see, as we read on, how Satan responds to Job's fear. So reading from the same chapter, Job chapter 1, go down to verse 6 now. One day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with the angels. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. <laughs> The devil says, I'm going to and fro in the earth. That's what I'm doing. 
Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There's no one on the earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Now, fearing God, yeah, is respecting God. That's different. We're not talking about that kind of fear. All right. So this man respects God, he shuns evil, and he's a godly man, according to God himself. Now, verse 9. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Does he fear God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? The devil says, you put a hedge of fiery angels around Job and I can't get to him. I can't hurt him. So the angels of the Lord camp around about us and protect us in all of our ways. That's what the devil saw, Psalm 91. All right, now the devil says to God, you have blessed the work of Job's hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. The devil says, you prospered Job. You made Job rich. Now when the devil admits that God makes you rich, that's something to remember. Say this, God makes us rich. Even Satan knows that. All right, notice this, number one. God blesses the work of our hands. Number two, there is a hedge of protection around every believer and Satan cannot hurt you. All right, go down to verse 11 now. So the devil says to God, but stretch out your hand and strike Job, strike everything he has, and he will curse you to your face. Now watch carefully verse 12. So the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Very carefully, watch this. Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person, so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now, question. Did God give Satan authority to hurt Job? Did he do that? No. If he did, it would have been written this way. Satan, I'm giving you authority over Job. He didn't say that. God is merely informing the devil that the hedge was no longer there. God was nearly, merely, you see, God has, God is the truth. He's the truth. He's merely informing Satan that the hedge is no longer there because the devil has been to and fro, but he hasn't been around Job's house. Otherwise, you'd have seen the angels are gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So now, God told the devil, hey, the angels are gone. The door's open. God did not remove the hedge. God did not tell the angels to leave. Job told them to leave. Satan didn't even realize it. Job told the angels to leave. So how did Job remove the hedge? Let's read on. We're still in Job chapter 1, right? Verse 13. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby. 
and the sea beans attacked and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. So these sea bean raiders came in and killed all your servants. Now while he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, Mr. Job, the fire of God fell from the sky and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I'm the only one escaped to tell you. What's that? The fire of God, lightning. Lightning came down. So the devil can control the lightning. You got it? And the storms and the weather. Don't blame God for bad weather. Jesus rebuked the bad weather, remember? All right, verse 17. While you're still speaking, another messenger came and said, the Chaldeans formed three uh, raiding parties and swept down on your camels and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. All right, so one, two, three, like that. These people are coming with bad news to Job. 18, while you're still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them and they are dead. And I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. So all your children are dead, Job. That's terrible news. At this point, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. There's a few things that we need to talk about here in that verse. Firstly, he says, I'm going to leave this plant naked. I'm going to leave this world naked. In other words, I'm going to die a poor man. That's a bad confession. Bad confession. I'm going to die as a poor man, number one. Number two, the Lord has taken away. He blamed God for this. Meantime, we know it's the devil. Satan went out and did it. And God never told him to do that. Satan got the idea. He went out and did it. And I've heard... Many ministers at a graveside blame God for little Johnny that died. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away because they're quoting from Job. That's very sad because all those little kids standing around there, the brothers and sisters, well, I'm never going to serve Jesus. God killed my, my, my little brother with a, with, a, with a car wreck or God killed my brother with whatever, drowned my brother. I'm not going to serve Jesus. He took my little brother from me. You see? No, this is the devil. Say this. Every word in the Bible is truly stated. Again, every word in the Bible is truly stated. But not every Bible and not every word in the Bible is a statement of truth. Say that not every word in the Bible is a statement of truth. Right? You remember they falsely accused Jesus? Of stuff that wasn't a statement of truth, but it's accurately recorded what was said. So that's why the Bible said, "Rightly divide the word of truth." Okay. 
Now, how did all this happen? Number one, remember in the beginning, Job was afraid. Number two, fear opened the door to the devil. Number three, how did fear enter Job's heart? Three, number four, through Job's mouth. Through Job's mouth. Let's read it. The same book, chapter three of Job, verse 25. Listen to the words of Job. Job said, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. So in other words, Job was saying, all these things I was afraid of, and they've all happened to me. What I greatly feared, he was paranoid, paranoid about all this stuff. Can we see that fear opens the door to the devil? It's faith. It's the law of faith in Satan. Now, if that, what he, what he said, there's not bad enough, the next verse I can't even believe that he said this, but yeah, he said it. Verse 26, he said, I am not at ease. I have unrest, in other words. I'm a, I have fear, anxiety, right? Nor am I quiet. I have no peace. I have no rest. Wow. Imagine making that confession. I have no peace. I have no rest. I'm full of fear. All right, yeah, and watch this last line. For trouble comes. For trouble comes. All right, so his kids are dead, or his cattle are dead, his camels are stolen, lightning has destroyed everything he owns, and he says, more trouble's coming. <laughs> For trouble comes. If that's not bad enough, his tongue has already destroyed everything he's got, but now he's confessing for it. It doesn't have to be destroyed too. For trouble comes. If that wasn't bad enough, more trouble's coming. Imagine believing for that. Let's try that. Say that with me, everybody. More trouble's coming to my life. <laughs> no, don't say it. Okay. So Job's confession brought fear, and Job's fear brought Satan. That's why God said to Satan in Job 1 verse 12, we just read it, Behold, all that Job has is in your power. All that Job has is in your power. Job. God heard all those confessions from Job. Job heard them, God heard them all. So he's telling the devil, Mr. Devil, all that Job has is in your hand. I didn't put it there, Job put it there, and you don't even know about it because you're a real dummy, Mr. Devil. All right, so Job repents. He did repent. Job 42, Job 42 verse 5. He says, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. All right. The next verse says, Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Verse 10. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. So, God blessed Job initially. Satan stole it all from Job. And God gave it all back to him twice as much as God gave him in the beginning. 
after he had prayed for his friends, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. So this, the Lord is the one that blesses us. So why did God make Job pray for his friends? Because his friends criticized him while he was down and suffering. Criticized him. They wrongly judged him. And God made sure that Job had no unforgiveness in his heart. Only then could he be blessed by God. You see, with unforgiveness in our hearts, God can't bless us. God had to make sure that he had no unforgiveness. Now, how to, de- how to develop strong faith? How to develop faith and stop fear? How to do that? One, here it is. Meditate on God's Word day and night. Meditate on God's Word day and night. This is how to develop strong faith and stop fear. Meditate on God's Word day and night. Number two, speak God's Word day and night. Stay in the Word, child of God. Stay in the Word. How to, de- how to develop fear and destroy faith. If you want to know how to develop fear and destroy faith, step one, meditate on doubts. Meditate on problems. Think about all your lack. Meditate on your inabilities day and night. Think about all your problems day and night. Worry, worry, worry. Day and night. Now, speak out these worries. Talk about your worries day and night. Then Satan can do anything he wants to. He can destroy your life like he destroyed Job's life if you'll talk about your worries day and night. You know, some people, you almost don't want to ask them how they are because You can ask them, how are you? And then an hour later, they're still telling you about all their problems. That is a serious problem when that happens. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Don't do that. Now, what are we supposed to do with our problems? 1 Peter 5, 6. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Exalt you in due time. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. How? Verse 7. Cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Give God your problems. Say, Father, I give this problem to you. In the name of Jesus, you will take care of it. I resist you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I give this problem to the Lord. This battle is the Lord's. Cast your care. God told you, give me your problems. Why? Because he loves you. That's why. Now, the same thought or instruction is found in the Old Testament as well. In Psalm 55, verse 22, it says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Wow. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall keep you. So notice, If you cast your burden upon the Lord, He will sustain you. Now go to Romans 10, verse 11. It says, For the Scripture says, Whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. Whoever believes in God or trusts in His Word will not be put 
to shame. God will not let you fail if you're standing on His Word. Say this, I can dominate death by my words of life. Say it again, I can dominate death by words of life. Say this, I can dominate hate by words of love. Say this, I can dominate fear with words of faith. I can dominate sickness with words of health. All those life, love, faith, health, all those words come from the Bible. Healing is a choice of words. Say that healing is a choice of words. Praise God. Say prosperity is a choice of words. Remember, speak to your problems. Do not speak about your problems. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. See, if I put my mind on the word of God, I'm going to live in a life of, I'm going to live a life of peace because I'm trusting in him. There'll be faith and assurance in my heart. No fear. If you keep him, you'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So the opposite is true as well. Those who are stressed, fearful, anxious, they're not spending time in the Word. That's why they're that way. They're not spending time in the Word. Because this clearly says if I spend time in the Word, I'll have none of that. It's just that simple. The way to keep my mind fixed on the Lord is by continuing to read the Bible and quote the Bible. Another scripture to confirm this is Hebrews 4.12. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as God said. All right, those who believe live a life of rest and peace. How? Of our, where's believing come from? The Word. If I meditate in the Word, faith comes. And because I believe now what God said... I have rest and peace. So if I'm not, if I'm stressed out, worried all the time, it's because I'm not spending any time in the Bible. Never open yourself up to fear. Never watch movies that cause fear. Some people want to do that. They think it's smart. They think they're brave. You're going to get demons in your life by doing that. Don't watch movies that cause fear. Don't watch Harry Potter. I guess that causes fear. I'm just assuming it does. And it's all about witchcraft anyway. By doing this, you deliberately open the door. You give legal right for the devil to attack your life. Resisting the devil after that will not help you. I can't watch Harry Potter and then resist the devil of fear when he comes because I open the door. I gotta stop watching Harry Potter before I can resist the devil. I'm talking about any movie that causes fear. We can have perfect peace, that is freedom from all fear, by focusing our mind on the Word of God. 
Jesus said the same thing in John 8, 31. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So by meditating in the word, we're going to live a life of freedom and peace. Amen? The truth will make us free. Praise God. To abide in the word is to do the word. To fix our mind on God's word means to do the word. We need to be a doer, not a hearer only. So let's meditate in the word and do what it said. Jesus said in Luke 6, 47. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it is found on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately the house fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Why? Because it's built on sea sand and not on the rock. Amen? Proverbs 1.33, all listen to me will live in peace and safety, unafraid of harm. So, if we are a hearer and a doer of the word, we are building our life on the rock. And all who listen to him will live in peace and safety and afraid of harm. There's scriptures all over the place that tell us if we'll just focus our attention on the word, we'll not have fear. So Jesus demonstrates how to deal with the devil as I close the series out. Here in Matthew chapter 4, very powerful portion of God's Word. Verse 1, when he was led away to be tempted by the devil, then Jesus was led away by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Satan brought the lie, and Jesus quoted the word. Then the devil took Jesus up at the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, God shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Throw yourself off the temple. Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to Jesus, all these things I will give you if you'll fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. 
Before we continue looking at that passage of Scripture, notice this. Jesus did not say, Satan, the kingdoms of the world are not yours to give away. And if they weren't the devil's to give away, this would not be a temptation to Jesus. And it was clearly three temptations. The Bible said so. Right up in the front it said, he was led away to be tempted of the devil. So this was a real temptation. I'll give you the kingdoms if you'll worship me. Showed him the glory of the kingdoms. So you see what's going on in our world today is the devil's work. He controls the unsaved. All right? He controls the unsaved. He's working through them. Now, another thing we need to know about this is, about this portion of Scripture is, that three times Satan came and tempted him with some kind of doubt or fear, whatever it was, and three times Jesus quoted the Word of God to the devil. So here is God in a human body and in order to stay free from Satan's temptation or problem, he quotes the Word. He quotes the Word. So if Jesus had to quote the Word, how much more do we not have to quote the Word? Say this. I declare the Word of God to my problems, my temptations, and I declare in the name of Jesus, I resist this problem. This battle is the Lord's. I refuse to fear. Praise God, I rejoice. God's got this. Say, say something like that to your problem and you will overcome. Praise God. Remember this, child of God, no matter what's going on in our world around us, and things are going to get a lot worse. But in all of this, you shall be taken care of. God will take care of you financially, physically, health-wise. Don't fear about any of these things. And become a soul winner. That's important. Become a soul winner. All right? We love you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. How many would say, Apostle Thea, I want to be sure that I go to heaven one day. I don't know where I'm going. I don't want to wake up in the fires of hell. Can you help me? Yes, I can. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you want the assurance in your heart that God is taking you to heaven one day, He loves you and has forgiven you. If you want that assurance, you can have it right now wherever you're sitting. Just invite Him to give it to you by slipping your hand up when I count to three and then taking it down again. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, before I pray this prayer, I'm gonna count to three. If you'll slip your hand up and take it down, God will speak to your heart when I pray and give you that assurance that you want. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm counting. One, two, three. All right, so while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, put those hands up right now. I want God to give me that assurance in my heart. I invite everybody to say this prayer with me, especially all that raise their hands. Everybody together, say it. 
Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. You punished him for my sins so I can be forgiven. Please forgive me, Jesus, for all of my sin. Thank you, Lord. Come into my heart. Thank you, Lord. I declare you are my Lord. I will live for you with all my heart till I see you face to face. Praise God, I'm saved. I'm bound for heaven now. And God is my Father. And I am God's child. You may open your eyes. Give everybody a, give a big hand clap. Let them know how proud we are of them for accepting Jesus as their Savior. Now, for those of you that said that prayer for the very first time, listen carefully. If you'll stay in fellowship with Jesus, what's that mean? Come to church, read your Bible, talk to the Lord. If you stay in fellowship with Jesus, talk to Him. Then you will go to heaven. Don't the devil lie to you. You resist all those lies. We will see you in heaven. God bless you. We love you. Pastor Bev and I are praying for you all the time. And uh, we trust in God to come to South Africa soon. God bless you. Oh, next weekend, I'm teaching a very powerful message about the life of David. What made David successful? How was he successful? What did he accomplish in his life? Some great conquests of David. And you're going to love this. Mighty man of valor. All right. So David, next weekend. God bless you. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 